WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS ball. Coming up, it's the Impact Sports Summer Series as it continues. Taking the mic tonight, Dan Cryer, Anthony Serafino, giving you the latest in a bunch of NBA action. Is the Spartan Sports Wrap. That's right. They will be giving you the latest in NBA action, MLB baseball, as the heat of the boys of summer turns off, and a whole lot more. Again, I'm your usual host every Monday from 7 to 8, Alex Sharg, but today we are tossing the baton off to Dan Cryer and Anthony Serafino as our Impact Sports Summer Series continues as you, the listener, get to meet our new Impact Sports staff. And from here, take it away, boys. Well, thank you very, very much. Let me get these out here. All right. All right. Sounded good. Anthony, how you doing tonight? Yeah, buddy? feeling great. Pleasant good evening to all our listeners here at Impact, of course. And it's good to be with you, Dan, as usual. Yeah, let me introduce myself really quick to everybody out there listening. My name is Dan Cryer. I'm a graduate student here, and I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I enjoy sports and sports journalism. And uh, uh, a lot of my friends uh, knew that I'm... Uh, Tonight would be the first show, and they said, how do you think it's going to go tonight, Dan? A lot of listeners are... I told them, I said, I said, I don't know how it's going to go, but I think it's going to go well because of the guy who's going to be sitting next to me. So I just want to want to let you know that, <laughs> that I, it's, a, it's, you know, it's an honor to be here with well, you. Well, Dan, of course, it's an honor to be with you as well, checking in as a co-host for Dan Cryer. I'm Anthony Serafino, of course, New Jersey pride, a little New Jersey pride here, living here in mid-Michigan, and I couldn't be more proud of co-hosting Sports Rap. But of course, we got a lot to talk about today, Dan. Yep. Tons to talk about, and a lot of people are really talking about, I'm getting tweets up the wazoo mm-hmm. about a lot of people telling me about what they thought about this NBA draft. First of all, what do you think about this NBA draft? Surprise, no surprise. Anthony Bennett is the number one overall pick. So that's a big surprise for me. I mean, seeing him going one, I thought was a complete shock. I thought the Cavs, he's very similar to Tristan Thompson. I didn't see Anthony Bennett a lot of high side by this guy, but is he someone you're picking number one overall? Well, I mean, when you look at um, look up and down the list of who was drafted, it's it, there's obviously quality players here, but it didn't seem this. There was no Shaquille O'Neal, there was no humongous uh, center or a game changing. There really player. wasn't. No. So, so really, and four or five different players could have been drafted first overall. So, was it a shock that Bennett went first? Yes, but really, I mean, there wasn't a guy that stood out. So. Uh, you know, time time will tell with with the with the pick, and really, mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams are biding their time for 2014 because next year is going to be such a great draft, a loaded draft. It really is. You look yeah. at all those prospects coming in for that 2014 class. As usual, Kentucky claiming it all. As I tell Alex off the air all the time, University of Kentucky always stocks up, always. and next year they're stocking up. They're putting all their eggs in one basket and making that title run. Yep, yep. So, but just a lot to talk about here. We got the draft going on. It just, I'm really shocked. I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. with you, Dan, and I'm shocked. That when I saw a lot of draft deals go down on draft night, I saw a very opportunistic Minnesota T-Wolves. Very opportunistic in drafting you know, Trey Burke only to deal him. And, you know, we were sitting next to each other, Dan, yep. and we were looking at that. And I was very surprised because I thought, okay, here's a Pistons team that could have easily drafted Trey Burke. They don't draft him. They get Contavious. They draft him from Georgia. Outstanding player. But they pass on a guy who could have been their point guard for years to come, only to see Minnesota get him and just flip him to Utah. 
So I'm I'm shocked because the thing is, if you look at what Trey Burke was able to accomplish during the NCAA tournament, that's when the money's on the table. Look at all the stars, the Carmelo Anthony, that's right, the people, and 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 Burke. First of all, Burke single-handedly won multiple Big Ten games with his defense. I mean, he he had a steal against Appling. That, that won the game. He had multiple seals, so the guy can, can be a defensive stopper. But then in the NCAA tournament, he single-handedly brings Michigan back against Kansas. Bring takes, him back. Takes to the Final Four and then gets into the championship game. It was, it was very, very close. And, and, and so Trey Burke was the guy I said, the Pistons have to keep the guy here, and, right? And they pass on him. And 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 Cantavius Caldwell Pope. He he's he's six foot six, two oh four, and Burke's a six foot one point guard. So maybe the Pistons are looking to get you know more more in that shooting guard area. But really, really, I, and then and then Minnesota goes and trades for Shabazz Muhammad. I just I I'm, I'm not the general manager, but I can't agree with that I think Utah got the got the benefit of that one because Trey Burke to me is really going to stand out. You're going to see him. I think Trey three. Burke is going to be extremely elite. I'm going to be honest with you. I think not only did we see a very good college player, as you mentioned, Dan, all the awards, all the accolades. Yeah. He's making shots from pretty much outside of the capital into East Lansing. The guy's making distant <laughs> shots. The guy's unbelievable. There's no doubt he's a great quality player. But now I'm sitting here mm-hmm. and I'm analyzing myself. I say, okay, I look at Detroit's depth chart, okay, as I'm looking at it right now in front of me. I see. I look at their point guard and I see it's Jose Calderon as their number one. Now, what strikes me wrong about Jose Calderon is that first of all, he's an unrestricted free agent coming off that five-year, forty-five million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, are the Pistons going to bring back a you know an older Jose Calderon, backing him up? You have Will Bynum. I mean, I just don't see it. You know, at the two, they have a Brandon Knight, a Rodney Stuckey, who always seems to be there. And then we look at their you know at their kind of their front court, and I see I see Greg Monroe, Andre Drummond, uh, Drummond uh, Kyle Singler. They have decent players. But if they could have went out and acquired Trey Burke, drafted him, I know where are the Pistons at? I know. Please, Impact listeners, feel free to call in 517-432-3893. Here at Spartan Sports Wrap, Anthony Serafino alongside the man himself, Dan Cryer. Now, listen, I'm looking at the at the final NBA standings from last year. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the Central and the East, and Detroit finishes 29-53. and 53. They're 20, point, 20 and a half games behind the Pacers, okay? And... They've got a lot of work to do. I mean, they have so, a lot of work a to lot. do. A lot. This is, I mean, I don't know what kind of project you would even call this. They, they just have a lot to this do. This is beyond rebuilding, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, okay, you let go of Lawrence Frank, great. And it looks like that Lawrence Frank is on his way to be an assist, a lead assistant for Jason Kidd's Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Now they bring in Mo Cheeks, who's obviously he coached Allen Iverson, Samuel Dallenbear, Andre Iguodala. He had a great nucleus, Kyle Korver, when those guys broke out in Philly. But now we look at here is a Detroit team that is rebuilding. I don't know what you're doing. You got Joe Dumars, who I guarantee you a lot of Piston fans are not a fan of. I'm not even a Piston fan. I think Joe Dumars is leaving this team to be desired. That palace used to be filled. Now it's empty. You no. got to get something to re-energize this fan base, Dan. I'm looking at I'm looking at the second round picks. They took Tony Mitchell in the second round, and he's a power forward from uh, North Texas. I don't know much about Tony Mitchell, but then now they they did pick Peyton Siva, who had a great run for not so, a bad. So that's that's a good quality. We're talking pick Louisville there. before. Okay, there you that's, go. There, that's good. I, I actually did, did not know that. So well done, Pistons. It took you a while there. But uh, you never know. Maybe Kentavious Caldwell Pope is gonna be is the Caldwell. Next, you know, I, Caldwell Pope is he this? Is he the Pope for the Pistons? Is he gonna be the Pope of this franchise? I, mean, I definitely don't think so. But that shooting guard from Georgia. You so know who? 
who else did you like from the first round? I mean, I, personally, I liked Oladipo. That was the it's, he, they went with him early. Oladipo showed that he has explosiveness of and course. defensive leadership. Of he, course, he's, he's he's a tenacious athlete. So there, there's something I like about I that lo- pick. But I'm who who did you like? I really love the Oladipo pick, absolutely. And I thought that to me struck. I was like, you know what? I wasn't surprised because a lot of people were talking. Is Victor Oladipo actually going to go one? But let's be honest. This NBA draft drew the second largest ESPN audience. Yeah. Okay. And what does that tell me? That tells me that there's a lot of playmakers. I know you were talking about lat next year is going to mm-hmm. be extremely deep, but I think there's some playmakers in this draft. And when I look at a draft that's, in my opinion, kind of stacked in a way, that it's kind of stacked in a way, I'm looking at teams that can make moves. You know what? I'm going to say Otto Porter, mm-hmm. Otto Porter Jr., being drafted out of Georgetown to the Wizards. He's staying put. That guy is in the best situation to succeed. That's a good call. Along with John Wall. You put those guys really together. Those guys are going to succeed. That is the number two the Wiz have been looking for forever. And maybe there's a reason to believe in Washington. Because they got a serious backcourt that is young, is athletic, as Jay Bills would say, extremely versatile in every part of the basketball court. So, you know, I look forward to Otto Porter Jr., bro. Otto yeah. Porter Jr. All right, all right. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, like, they're going to be good good role players in this draft. I mean, I, I, I look at Shane Larkin got drafted 18th by the, by mm-hmm. the Mavericks. I, lo- I love that pick because Larkin showed that he, he, can, he can really help handle the team. Uh, I don't, Georgie Jang or Gorgie Jane, he, he's really, really good defensively. And Minnesota picked him up. And uh, who else am I? I'm just scanning through. Tim Hardaway Jr. The Knicks fans really, really like that. Now, what, what, did, what did you think about the Tim Hardaway Jr. I thought pick? the Tim Hardaway pick was more so, if anything, a little blast from the past for, you know, for Nick fans. Uh-huh. You know, bring back daddy, daddy's son. But I think the whole thing with it, I thought, you know, I saw Yahoo. And, you know, I love the work Yahoo does. I think they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They gave a C plus, And I thought that was a little harsh to give that draft grade a C plus. Mm-hmm. I thought the Knicks had a decent draft. I wouldn't say it was an A. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was something to put on the wall. They didn't draft Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, it was, for me, worthy of a B pick. I think Tim Hardaway has a lot of things to work on. But as they bring him to camp, taking a couple shots, I think, yeah. you know, you work him with Melo and you work him with other sharpshooters that that Knicks team has. I think he has a lot of a lot of tools to succeed as a ball player. So good for him. You know, good for him. And you know what? Let's do it. I mean, I'm excited to see what the Knicks can do behind sure. Timmy Hardaway Jr. I hope he gets some minutes. Now, I'm looking. We're staying on the East Coast here. Look, look Philadelphia 76ers. There's two pretty pretty solid picks here. Now, you take a gamble on New Orleans Noel because you don't know. Is the knee there? Is, 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 is he going to come back? You know, how's the knee going to be? And then Michael Carter-Williams, they, they picked him up with the 11th uh, draft pick. And, and that's a guy who had a, a wonderful run in the tournament. He showed that he can dominate. He's 6'6", six, he's six, six, 184. That, that body's going to grow. He's going to be 6'6", six, six and 210 by the the time you know next season's finished so so i really kind of like what philadelphia did i'm so glad you mentioned philly dan because obviously being from new york well it looks like we have a caller here coming in i'll, I'll finish my point in a second but we got a caller come in of course it. dan of course handling the wheels he'll answer our good old caller here all right impact 89 fm this is dan speaking who's calling please this is luke luke how you doing I'm doing great. I just want to talk a little Pistons basketball. Hey, like what we're doing here. What Perfect. do you got on us? I know, I know you guys aren't, maybe Pistons fans are not from Michigan, but for the Pistons fans, it was it was a, quite a week. Uh, for a lot of things not happening during the year, and a lot of disappointing things happening the last three years, the draft was at least exciting, so I just want to talk a little bit about that. All right. Um, specifically, Trey Burke. 
Uh, I have a lot of Michigan fans, and they were devastated. Devastated. I know. Wasn't I can tell. Uh, it, it was outrage. I, I, people were freaking out and, and frustrated, obviously, because Michigan fans wanted to see Trey Burke. But I just questioned what Dumars and the owner, Gore, were thinking. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get a guard, why not Burke? I know you got you got put seats in the palace. The palace is empty for the last three years after breaking records for attendance. So I just really didn't know what they were thinking. Not thinking Burke when now, they even dealt him. So. I, here, here, here's the thing, Luke, and I couldn't agree with you more. Like a billion percent here. I'm not even from Michigan. But I'm from the East Coast, and here's what shocks me the most. I look at their depth chart, and I've been to a couple Pistons games, of course. I've been familiar with a little Pistons basketball. But even if Burke's not your guy, why don't you draft him and flip him over to a team that actually wants him, like Utah? I mean, I think he's a perfect fit for you guys. You flip him to Utah, you acquire draft picks, and you get more equity for your pick. Instead, you draft Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, who I'm sure is a great player, amazing, but he played SEC basketball, when the only really good team is Kentucky, that I think is formidable. So I think I agree with Luke 100%, is they don't look too strong. You know, and I look at the marketing potentials missed here. I mean, I don't. You said Otto Porter is going to be in in Washington D.C. Why would the Pistons not want a, a Michigan guy to to get the the people in the stands? So I, mean, it's, I agree. It's an and, opportunity lost, and it bothers me. I'm legitimately, you know, I'm flustered right here as I sit down. I mean, I just don't understand it. I mean, I'm bothered. I'd be lying to you, Dan, if I told you I wasn't bothered on this Monday on this overcast Monday yeah. evening if I wasn't bothered because you know what? The Pistons could have drafted this guy. He's a local guy. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's straight up ridiculous. And you know what? I really want the Pistons to be a great team. 2004 feels like 10 years. You know, it feels like more than 10 years ago. It feels like decades ago. So, you know, of course that year when they won behind Chauncey, Tayshawn, everyone, they had everyone. I mean, they yep. were making buckets after buckets. So it's a shame. Pistons fans, we do feel your sympathy here on 89 FM Impact Radio. Please feel free to call in like Luke did, 517-432-3893 here on Impact Sports, Spartan Sports Rap. So, Dan. As we move forward, of course, from the draft, yeah. a lot of Pistons fans complaining. Let's move forward. But let's move forward to something a little more where you can improve your team versus the draft is NBA free agency. Yep. Now, today with the big news, CP3, he tweets, I'm in, hashtag Clippers Nation today. Yep. So it looks five like years. CP, five years, max One, deal, 107. 107. That's nice. You know? That's pretty good. So, hey, Clippers Nation, hashtag he's in. So good for Chris Paul. And of course, Dwight Howard, he meets with the Rockets. Yeah. And but I thought it was something really interesting. And of course, Pistons fans, don't worry, we will address to see what Pistons need to address in free agency. But I think a key thing is, Dan, mm-hmm. is there's reports saying that who Dwight is meeting with. No, he I'm, had, yeah, he ahead, had Dallas. He had Atlanta. He had, you know, he had everyone. He had Houston. But here's the big thing. The Lakers said Mitch Kupchak. Lakers GM, said that he wanted to be the last to speak to Dwight Howard. Well, there's reports today, according to ESPN.com, that actually Mitch Kupchak and Lakers camp were the first team that Mr. Dwight Howard met with early, early Monday morning. Um, and he actually had dinner with the Houston Rockets. So afterwards, or so I'm, I'm actually surprised, okay, that 
where the Lakers stance on this. Do they have a legitimate chance of landing Dwight, and where do you think he's going to go? Now, you're talking to somebody who lived in Los Angeles, and I will tell you one thing about Los Angelinos, okay? It doesn't matter who you are in Los Angeles. When the team is winning and the playoffs are going well and the NBA Finals are about to happen, the love comes out, the flags go up. But when you have a season that was such a disaster, like the Lakers suffered last year, I mean, they called the Dwight Mayor, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, I know they have billboards in Los Angeles saying, Dwight, please stay. I just, there's something he feels unwanted there, and, 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 and he's coming off kind of like a diva after what he did in Orlando. And you can see it, it kind of was, it turned the Lakers into a less of a team than they could have been. And so now, now I think that what's going to happen is he's going to look for a fresh start with somebody like the Mavericks. So you think he totally leaves Los Angeles? I, I, I don't see it happening because it just I, I, I like I have been in Michigan for the last year, but I but but I just know Los Angeles. There's just something when when you when you when you don't when you perform poorly like they did. I mean I know Dwight Howard still had his double double, mm-hmm. but I mean that team. What, what did they come in as? A, they were a seven seed in the playoffs. Yeah, and, I, I mean, mean that was they they went from not making the playoffs to they made that seven seed. <laughs> And they got, let's be real, they didn't even look like a playoff team. You know, Laker Nation is hiding after that playoff performance. Right. They got swept. They looked bad. They looked yes. brutal. And there's no, and, and the thing is, that's how Los Angeles works. You you win, you're in. You win, you win. It's a winter town. And it, so it's time to move on. So Isn't I really, it funny how that works? And New York's the same way. Mm-hmm. But Los Angeles more so than anyone, the arrive late, leave early crowd, especially oh, yeah. with Dodger games. That's another topic. Yeah. But you look at the Clippers. They're not getting anyone to their game. Everyone just can't stand Dunleavy. Okay, then they actually they re, they redo it all. They rebuild. They tear it up and they put it all back together. Yeah. Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Yep. You know who they're bringing in now. They're bringing City. in Doc, hey, look, Lob City. And look, of, everyone's going cool. to the yep. games. Yep, it's it's amazing. Everyone's going and and and, and winning talks. I swear. I have been. I've been to Staples Center. It's amazing because the color of the floor used to change from the from the purple and, and gold into that blue and red. And go, oh well, we can get tickets now. Now we can get it's tickets com- now. Completely changed attitude. And, Can't and, get tickets and, anywhere. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the Clippers spent a 2015 first-round draft pick to get Doc Rivers over there. Now they are they're, – they're in business. They, they, they have a mentality that they're looking to win. Now, Not- here's a little just topic. Now we're just talking about our L.A. teams here. Obviously, it, are the tables turning in L.A. right now? Kobe's coming back from that Achilles. He's not coming back till Santa's out in December. And then you look at what we got going on here. Okay, is Los Angeles becoming a Clipper town now? They're the team right now on paper is better than the Lakers. Well, Could you argue that? Like I, like I said, it doesn't matter who you are in Los Angeles. They, they, a person who never saw a, a hockey game in their life had a Los Angeles Kings banner outside last year at this time because they were going, yeah, baby, we got a Stanley Cup. If you win in Los Angeles, you're a winner. So the Clippers, they went. it was a 4-5 matchup in this year's playoffs. M- Memphis, who is... A, a solid playoff basketball team. They're really solid. Took care of business, and and people were saying, "Wait, the Clippers season? What happened? We had CP3. So now, really, if Doc Rivers can't do it in the 2013-14 season, then the Clippers are going to start asking themselves questions. So they need to perform now. This coming, year. I agree. And yeah. you know, I don't think the I don't think the Clip Show will have any problem. I think Lob City is going to be in full effect yeah. next year. You know what? Call me crazy. I think, you know what? I think the Clippers have potential to win 60 games next year. I think they're that good. I think their division is as weak as it's ever been. 
So you know what? The Lakers are kind of down and out a little bit. This is time for the Clippers to sign, and that's why there's a lot of there's a lot of jubilation for these Clipper fans. Mm-hmm. And it all sums up with that very short tweet from Chris Paul. I'm, I'm in. He's in. Hashtag Clippers Nation, and he's in, and we're also in here. And you know, 89 FM Impact Radio. Please feel free to bother Dan and I at 517-432-3893, and that's our number. But. Okay, Dan, mm-hmm. as we you know push forward on this Monday evening, mm-hmm. is I'm looking at, okay, we just named the two big studs who are on the free agency. Well, now yeah. one, really, because Chris Paul's off the market, Sure, is what are the Pistons going to do, A, yeah, okay, and B, who do you like in this real... In this free agency market, there's a lot of good guys that you can go out and improve your improve your team. And I know a lot of teams are coming up with tons of cap space. You know, a lot of teams come to mind, really, when you say cap space, cap space, cap space. And who do you think that, you know, who do you like? And I'll tell you who I like. Who do you like? What do you like the Pistons to do? And you know what? Manu's a free agent. He's decent. Al Jefferson, you were raving about before. Yes. I mean, Tell us, well, please. Tell now, us who do you I mean, love. If, if you're the Pistons, and you got to get size. Now, uh, the Al Jefferson, he, he he's 28 years old, and he's durable. And it it, it seems to me that he, Utah's going to do their best to keep him. And then today the story comes out that, that, that the Pistons may be talking to Josh Smith. And I'm looking at, you know, he, he's 27 years old. He's coming off a five-year, $58 million contract. And if it's one thing, in a, if you've ever watched an Atlanta Hawks uh uh, game. Anytime Josh Smith starts to pull, get close to the rim, like with a jump shot, the boos start. So, uh, all right. Well, listen. Should we? Should we take a call here? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, hey, if anyone wants to call in and bother us, please. I like it. Right, here we go. All right, Impact Sports. Uh, who we got here? Hey guys, this is Brett Missouri. Hey, hey I, how you doing? I know this guy. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'd like to go back out east for a little bit. Hey, uh, Brooklyn. Can D. Will kind of reinvigorate these old Celtics and get far with uh, with this team? I I have my doubts. What do you guys think? Well, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And really, being out from East and the New York City area, the real talk about revitalizing D. Will was instilling a head coach that he is on the same page with. So they hired Jason Kidd. Okay, that's what Billy King, their general manager, said. We hired Jason Kidd. D. Will's completely on board. And first of all, D. Will, according to the reports out of New York City, is that D. Will was okay with this, you know, these transactions to acquire these Boston Celtic players. You know, I think there's one player to get these old guys to play. I think these guys, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, all these guys have won a championship. D. Will has not hosted Larry at all. So as far as I'm concerned, Jason Kidd's gotten there. All these guys have been there. Some have won it. Guess what? If there's if these guys can't get Darren Williams to play, I don't want Darren on my team at all, Dan. Now, I don't want now him. I'm looking at Darren Williams' stat line. I mean, he last season, 18.9 points a game, 7.7 assists per game. Now, that's lower assists and more points than you're going to want. I want to see Darren Williams in the 15-point range and 11 assists. I like, agree. And I mean, you're feeding people. If he can't average double-digit, forget the fact that he couldn't average double-digit assists last year when he had Brooke Lopez, a reduced Chris Humphreys for some reason, Avery Johnson, P.J. Carlissimo did not want to play him, and I thought Chris Humphreys was great. This is a guy removed two years ago that averaged a double-double, but that being said, you got... Okay, we look at Joe Johnson, who was anemic in the playoffs. You Obviously, you had Darren. Okay, you had Brooke Lopez. You know, you have all these guys, Reggie Evans, these bruisers, these guys, these Joe Johnsons. All these guys can play. And 
how is he not averaging over 10 assists? Right. Now this year, if he's not averaging easily that amount, right. forget now, it. Now, Brett, do we still have you on the line? Yes, you do. All right, so what, do you, what are you thinking about Darren Williams and the new Celtics, uh, Celtics West, let's call them? <laughs> I, I have my doubts about the longevity of uh, the, the Celtics coming in. I can see they're going to rest them, but I, I just I don't see it down the stretch. Sure. Being able to you know, kind of close the deal yeah. at the end with uh, in the playoffs. It's an experiment. You, you're going to have one year, maybe two year max. I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he you know, it's it's an interesting point for me because you got two teams with two completely different mentalities. Mm-hmm. You bring in Boston, who's thinking, no, 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 win later, and then you look at Brooklyn, who says, win now. Yeah, they want it now, and that owner. That owner, Mikhail Prokhorov, guaranteed mm-hmm. when he bought the Nets that he would deliver yep. a championship within five years. Looks like this is his latch stiff effort. And really. they're going, and, and, and I mean, who obviously, this is the most obvious statement. Everybody's gunning for the Miami Heat. So now that, but, and I mean, are the Heat going to keep Bosch? I mean, we don't, we haven't discussed that yet. I mean, and they, you can keep them. And, but, but I mean, can, can Brooklyn compete with the Heat? Because the Bulls are going to maybe get Derrick Rose back. And it's the question is where does this put the Nets in? I think this put the Nets as yeah. the second best team wow. in the East. And I think guess what? The all the years and all the basketball fans they always talk about, oh, this is a, a West you know, the West is the conference to be, not the East. It's always about the West, mm-hmm. the West, the West. But guess what? Guess what, basketball fans? It's time for the East to shine because the East is so deep. You look at Brooklyn now is competing. Miami, of course, is competing. Indiana is bringing mm-hmm. back Danny Granger, who didn't yep. even play in the playoffs, and they're going to be fearless. As you mentioned, Dan, of course, Derrick Rose comes back with Chicago. That's a top four nucleus of teams that is just going to be serious and competitive, really, to compete right. with. But I, you know what? Brooklyn's second best team. Well, I'd like to thank Brett for calling in here. Thanks, we're going to keep going. You, you have a good night, Brett. Thanks, guys. Right. Bye bye. So what else you got on your mind, Anthony? We I got mean, a couple I'm minutes just, here. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm just really just perplexed at the fact that, you know what? I think Brooklyn is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree with Brett, though. A lot of fans, Brooklyn fans included, mm-hmm. are really second-guessing these, you know, these transactions, the acquisitions. I personally am not. Because I think it's only going to push everyone forward. And I think it's one guy to really bring this circus together. Right. It's Jason Kidd, and he knew it. And he he is coming out better versus better than a Billy Shaw would be, better than a right. Shaw would be, or anyone else. Right. I think he is the guy to bring it all together. Brooklyn's good now. To me, and and you're never going to know. It's the the question for a, for a Blake Griffin or anything. I mean, is the injury bug going to hit you? Because we're talking about three players with Paul Pierce and Garnett. And and who am I thinking? Who who am I blaming? I mean, Jason Terry. Jason Terry. See, it's funny. But here's the beauty of that team: is okay. Jason Terry goes down for, God forbid, twenty five games. Okay, if Jason Terry goes down, okay, we still have Garnett, we still have Pierce, we still have Darren, we still have Joe Johnson, we still have Brooke Lopez, we still have Reggie Evans. It's I mean, a stock team. That's a stock team. That's true. And that's without Jason Terry. Yep. So here's a team that's built to win immediately right. now. So if a couple guys get injured, they can pull the load together. Until these guys get healthy and, and push forward. And they're going to need to to really build momentum because they've given up a 2014, a 2016, and a 2018 first-round draft picks. And we know the 2014 first-round draft picks, it, whoever's coming out, that's going to be a stock draft next well, year. Well, so. here's, here's the way the Nets are looking. That 2014 pick won't be too elite because the Nets are going to go figure to be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the Nets signs, okay, we're not giving away a high pick next year. That's true. 
because we're going to be good and yep. they're going to get wherever we fall. Yep. And in the Nets' eyes, they're going to be second best team in the East, which I think they're going to fall. Second best team in the East. Tell us what you think about this Eastern Conference's upcoming NBA season. Please call in at Impact 89 FM, 517 432 3893, of course. Dan with Fino alongside. And we're talking basketball through the hour and along with a little MLB at the end of the hour. So please feel free to bother us at all times as we're here to listen. But, Dan, here's yeah. one thing that I really looked at before we cut into the break real quick. Okay. Is, you know, like we were mentioning about these free agents, forget the big guys, but I'm looking at one guy, and you said the Pistons need size. And I'll go up and say I don't think the Pistons need size. Okay. I think they got Andre Drummond, okay? Mm-hmm. And they got a lot of big boys that can play the game, okay? Greg Monroe, Andre Drummond, of course. Singler, the boy from Duke. I think they got guys that can play. I'm going to go and say forget their front court. They need a nice backcourt to really compete with and to really alleviate a really steady image of their team. And I'm going to go far and say, you know what? Okay. Bring in, bring in the man himself, Brandon Jennings. I think he's got a little bit of an attitude check. He's a restricted free agent, so don't shoot me. Mm. But He's young. He is a young. He's 23 years old, yep. coming off that rookie deal. But if they could somehow bring Brandon Jennings to this team, I know it will take a lot to get him because he's restricted. Yep. And that means they'll have to match offers and whatnot, the logistics of it. But if they bring him in... And he has all the talent, but does he have that mental makeup of what teams need him to be? Well, the question is, I mean, it's really a, a low-pressure situation to perform in Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee, you can go off for 55 points casually there. And so the question is, is he a leader? I mean, is he a flash in the pan that's been good? Or is, that's is what a lot of people are saying. And, that's, and that's you know, they're, they're a young team. So I would go far and say I think the Pistons are two acquisitions away from being a little competitive. They're yep. two acquisitions away. They got to get that young guy, Brandon Jennings, hopefully, and maybe bring in an older guy. We were talking to Manu Ginobili. I know he's probably not going to leave San Antonio, but right. someone of his expertise and age and experience to really get these younger guys and bring them under their wing and say, you know what? The Pistons are winning. The bad years are over. Let's be 2004 again. Let's win now. Let's win now, Dan Cryer. Right, right, exactly. Well, I mean, and I'm looking at other people. I know OJ Mayo's out there. He's and, out and, there. And, and and the Clippers were were the Clippers talking to him today? I mean, it's just a matter of if you're. They were, about, yeah, they were talking back and forth a little logistics. But once they got, we'll sure. hear more out of the Clipper camp after the CP3 deal gets officially sure. done on paper. Sure. Okay. Do I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Max a question. Are we gonna throw it off uh, to a to a break? He's giving me a thumbs up. We'll so. get a little break going on here. Thanks for listening to the first half hour of Impact Sports. <laughs> You're listening to Impact Exposure. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights at 10 p.m., get ready for The Mechanical Pulse, where we're spinning all the house, trance, drum and bass, electro, ambient, and remixed music you need to get the weekend started. You'll hear live interviews and DJs spinning straight from the Impact Studios and the best new music on the scene. So tune in every Friday night at 10 p.m. for Mechanical Pulse. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Have you ever considered donating your blood? If not, perhaps you might reconsider. By the time this announcement is through, 15 new people will need blood. In fact, blood is needed by one in every 10 hospital patients, and there is almost always a shortage. There is no substitute for human blood. It cannot be manufactured. It can only come from those willing to donate. To learn more or make an appointment, visit redcrossblood.org. Reconsider blood donation. It's about life. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome 
back to the Impact listeners here on Spartan Sports Wrap. I'm Anthony Serafino, more so as Fino, alongside the man himself, Danny Cryer. How you guys doing? It's Dan Cryer here. And we're back here, of course, and the numbers need be to bother us. And please, please bother us. Call on in. 517-432-3893 is our number here at Impact Sports 89FM. And you know what? You know, we spoke a lot about basketball in the first half hour, Danny. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And here's one thing that strikes me today, and I'm disgusted. Um, you know, obviously, as you know, listeners, I am not a Tigers fan, but I do root for the Tigers. I do go to the game. You know, I love sitting at the games. I am a diehard Mets fan. He's a Mets fan. You can hear it in his voice. I am go a Mets on. fan. Go on. All right. All right. But I'm disgusted by today's game. I'm disgusted by today's game. I understand it's Canada Day. Yep. You know, for all you don't know, Canada Day is pretty much Canada's birthday here in America. Yep, July 1st. They're celebrating their uh, 200, uh, 246th birthday today. So, so happy birthday, Canada. Happy birthday, Canada. But I am st- i don't care about your birthday. Okay. I wanted my Tigers to go in there and give them the worst birthday present possible. And that's beating them on their own holiday. And unfortunately, we couldn't get it done today. The Tigers couldn't get it done today. And I thought the Tigers looked as far as bad as I thought they'd looked all season. I thought they didn't weren't in it from the get go. The probably the highlight of the game was watching Prince Fielder rip a very flat R. A. Dickey knuckleball hit it to the right, right field. field. Yep. Forget about it. That thing was long gone. But you know what I'm saying? That was the highlight of the game, and yep. they were really just kind of all over the place. Yep. Look, yeah, I agree with you. Yep. I'm just shocked that now is is this. I understand, Tigers fans, that okay, we DFA Valverde, we do what you guys want. We still don't have a closer. Now, okay, Tigers fall out of first place in the AL Central for the first time. Cleveland now leads by half a game. They don't play tonight. Okay, so what's going on here? We're falling out of first place. Terry Francona's Indians are now stepping up. White Sox are looking terrible, so they won't be a problem this Mm -hmm. year. Okay, so I'm going to believe in saying if the Tigers had a competent bullpen, played great, and really took care of business when they needed to, Dan, they should be in first place, and this should be a runaway division. Many people it, pick the little. Now, I mean, you, let's look at this terrible week that happened, and I don't. Let's just, just let's hope they just got out of their system. The fact is, today you had Jose Alvarez start. He gave you uh, one good start, the Tigers fans. The and first then, start, and then and then you know against the Angels on the twenty sixth of June, he gave up. He gave up four runs, and today he he got knocked out pretty early. And they need Annabelle Sanchez back. They need they need starting more starting rotation. I know Scherzer's been great this year. Scherzer's been it. But but what a what a terrible week. I mean, he's swept by the Angels, who are getting. I mean, better, they haven't beat the Angels just, all year. They were zero yeah. six against the Angels. They got double swept by the Angels. So yeah. forget the fact yeah. that the Tigers can't beat the hex of the Angels. I don't know what they're doing out in Los Angeles, but they're doing something right. Well, Tomorrow's Fister going tomorrow night against uh, is it it's at uh, Chenming Wong. Yeah. So so that's a game you got to win. His his uh, Wong's ERA is five point two four, and I mean, I mean the Tigers just got to get going. They got to get going. I'm looking at Alvarez. This is his line, and you know Tiger fans, please feel free to call in and tell me what you think of Alvarez because I'm not impressed. Three innings pitched, six hits, five runs, five, four earned, three walks, four strikeouts, one home run allowed, of course, to Jose Reyes. 70, 70 pitches. Okay? Yeah. You're walking, guys. You're giving up earned runs. One run is unearned, so God bless. Okay? But you're walking, guys. And as a baseball fanatic, because that's, hey, that's what fan stands for, right? Yep. It's a fanatic. Why aren't the Tigers getting it done when they need to? These are games they got to win. I understand in that ballpark, R.A. Dickey has got a higher A this year. He was throwing five before this game yep. started. Tigers managed to lower his ERA almost a whole run. 
Now, look, oh. and, and, and the sad part is, I mean, you got Cabrera with 82 RBIs and 25, 26 home runs. 20, I can't even and, get on. It, I mean, you, you, it's, it's unbelievable that they have, have found even a, a minor bump in the road. I mean, they're not scoring runs as a team. They're not. Peralta had such a, a huge, hugely hot start. He's down to 310, which is still great, and he's probably going to be an, an all-star. And Infante's hitting 309. But really, I mean— I, I, for for the for the high averages that I'm seeing, it's not really translating into runs, and it really isn't. And you know what? Forget the fact that it is, Dan. But you know what? You know we give you know Fielder and Cabrera so much credit, and of course Scherzer. But you know I'm going to go far and say this. Player of the game for me today, Tigers fans, by far, pretty obvious, Omar Infante. Four for four today. He's hitting 309. Hit a little poke today, home run. So good for Infante to come out. And you know what? Be a leader when, you know, your team isn't really doing much today. And you ne- that never-say-never attitude. You know, always fight to the last out. Last 27. That's what the Tigers got to start doing. Their bullpens, they got to give them quality innings. And Tigers fans, please tell me what you think. Yeah, give us What a, should they do? Should let's they get, let me get the number the deadline? Here. Give them that number again, yeah, Danny. 517-432-3893. That's our number. Please, please, please call in. And we can just beg for you to talk about Tigers baseball. But... We got to move forward a couple of our lines here, you know, Dan. And I'm thinking this are what are your okay? What are your biggest surprises of 2013? Okay, well, the 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 biggest surprise of 2013 was similarly one of the biggest surprises of 2012. Nearing the All Star break, the Pittsburgh Pirates they're above 500 last year. They're looking they're looking to pick up guys. They collapse and and are never to be heard of again. This year they have the best record in the National League. They're fifty-one and thirty. They've won nine straight games. They they came back yesterday. They won a fourteen-inning game against the Brewers. So the question is, you know, they have uh, the Greeley, who they they say bring out the grill. I mean, the, bring out they, the grill. I mean, they got a closer. They have they have hitting this year. So so really the question is because the the NL Central has three teams that are most likely going to make the playoffs with the Cardinals, the Reds, and the Pirates. So you got. Three opportunities out of five playoff spots here because the the NL West is very very low this year and the and the and the NL East I mean the, the Braves are looking good but really the can the Pirates keep it up and I, I think they can I really think they can and here's my thing and you said can they keep it up I'm going to agree with you I think they're you know we look at last year and I remember off the air I also spoke with Alex about this a little bit about you know what are the Pirates doing. And last year, I remember when we were talking about it, the Pirates are in the same exact spot where they weren't they weren't 21 games over, first of all. Mm-hmm. But they weren't winning these many games in a row. And McCutcheon was on a tear, and it was just McCutcheon. Yep. Okay? This year, they got a better bullpen. Guys are pitching well. They're winning games. They're looking very good. And here's the thing. What strikes me about the Tigers, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, about the Pirates, yeah. is that, okay, McCutcheon has nine home runs, 42 RBIs, and he's only batting 292, and I say only, sure. God forbid. Sure. That's a very, that's a very, very yep. solid average. But to McCutcheon's standards, he's not playing the way he should be playing. And not to mention Pedro Alvarez is hitting everything out of the ballpark. 20 home runs, 53 RBIs. He's batting 240, but he's Pedro Alvarez. It's like Adam Dunn. Right. Now, listen, here's the—and you brought up the Tigers. They're a quick little accident, but it, it makes sense. I mean, I'm talking about how the, the, the Tigers don't have the pitching. And now A.J. Burnett, now he started the year as, as really hot, and, and he, he's, been on the, he's been injured recently. But look at the two pitchers they have. They have Francisco Liriano, who resurrected his career. You know, he was the hot, he was the hot guy in, 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 uh, in uh, Minnesota. He's the lefty. You know he's he's great. Look at him. He's seven three with a two two three ERA. And then to their next game, they have a guy named Jeff Locke, 
I'm sorry. Jeff Lock, yeah. Look, seven and one, two point oh six ERA. That's, so th- that's a great. This is what you got, and then and then and then I mean, you got the grill the grill master coming in to shut down people, and they're not blowing games. They're winning close games. They're they're twenty one games over five hundred. That's that's just it's impressive. So I, I think. Mean- I mean, what really strikes me, and you know, forgive me for speaking over you, Dan, no. but what strikes me is, okay, here's what the Pirates are doing well. And FYI, the reason why the Giants have won two World Series yeah. is pitching wins championships. Same thing in NFL defense, defense. wins championship. Yep. It's the same thing here. Yep. I look at Locke. Okay, Locke 7-1, like you mentioned, Dan, mm-hmm. with that 206. Okay, he's been great. Adrian Burnett is four and six, but it's the you know it is the Pirates, but he's got a three you know he's got a three twelve ERA. Wandy Rodriguez six and four decent, but he's got a three five nine respectable. Francisco Lariano seven and three two two three. So you know what I'm saying? They're doing they're doing and it really, the right listen way. To this, zero and one, and pardon me for zero and one, but one point seven two ERA, fifty nine strikeouts, and twenty seven saves in what I would believe is twenty seven opportunities. I don't think he's blown a save this year. If if not, he's blown one. He's blown one one, one so save. That's he's twenty seven and twenty eight. That's not bad. But that's nuts. You see, now they got a closer now. They got mm-hmm. a closer. And this is, hey, Tigers fans, this is what you need. A good closer. You can yeah. seal these games. How many blown games have the Tigers had where you're like, you should have thought, and you're like, man, I wish the Tigers would have had a closer. Yeah, the Coke machine's not paying off this year. It's and, not. And, and, it really, and Valverde's it, it, gone. Yep. It really isn't, but that's what bothers me. It yep. really does is you get so many games that the Tigers would have blown, and the one that strikes me is Tiger fans, you know it, the Chris Dickerson home run when they blew that game in Camden Yards. How much How much did that drive you crazy? You're winning by an ample amount of runs, and you blow the game. Okay, you're torturing people now. I just want to let you know. <laughs> I, I mean, forgive me, but Tigers fans, we're all feeling the same thing. It's yep. ridiculous. They got to put it together. But you know what? Long story short, I still think the Tigers will make the playoffs, and I think Pittsburgh will make the playoffs. So it just depends on this MLB sure. season is so long. This extra wild card is going to be an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. in that MLB trade deadline. Who's in it? Who's not in it? Who's buying? Who's selling? Many teams are going to think they're in it when they're not. No, I'm going to throw. I'm going to move on from Pittsburgh. I'm going to throw a name at you because this what we, we were talking about it yesterday. I think is going to be hands down the MLB Player of the Month for June. But today is July 1st, so the, welcome to the second half of 2013. Yasiel Puig or Puig. Yasiel Puig. What do you think? What do you think of this guy? I love Yasiel Puig. Um, he's Cuban. Um, he defected from Cuba. This guy's great. He's his average is you know. I mean, let's look at the line right here. Look at it. We have an average of you know he's 436. He's got seven home runs, 16 RBIs, 19 runs. Four stolen bases. He's got 44 hits and 101 at bats. Four walks. Struck out 20 and, times and 101 at yeah, bats. It's insane. I mean, this could be two things, Dan. This could be one, we're watching the maturation of an absolute star. And it could be two, is the book out? Is the book out of Yasel Puig? Here's the thing with Matt Harvey before, we'll bring it into him later in the show, mm-hmm. but. Matt Harvey, the book on Matt Harvey is hit him early mm-hmm. because there wasn't a book on him before when he started coming up. Now we're looking at Yasel Puig is what's the book on Puig? Funny thing is, I, this is a big moment I saw at Puig. I was watching the Dodgers game um, a couple games, um, a couple days ago, yeah. and it was a pitch outside to Puig, way outside of the zone. I'm like, he's not going to hit this. But instead of pulling it to that right, that left center gap, he goes the other uh, way opposite. with it. Yep. Not only does he hit a double, but this guy hits a double one at bat. Same pitcher, like, okay, that's how we keep it in the ballpark. He muscles that baby out of here. Two-run poke, just like that. So easy. And, and the beauty, look at this. I mean, four, 101 at-bats with four walks. That's not very many walks. He is there swinging the he's bat, there swinging and he's the making bat. contact. Like, but guess what? It's crazy. In 101 at-bats, when you only have four walks, that could either mean two things. A, you're having a really bad slump, and you're striking out everything. Uh-huh. 
or B, that means you're hitting everything and you're raking. And he's raking. And the question now becomes, as they adjust, <laughs> as they adjust to him, because he's he is somebody who is going to be swinging a lot of pitches. Now, what's what you're going to see? They're going to they're not going to be challenging him as much. So the question is, does he show a little more patience, pick up more walks, on base percentage goes up? Or is he going to be mystified by his own magic and say, oh, my goodness, I can hit 400 this season? Or, you know, is he going to get into the All-Star game? And is, is something going to happen? That's another to topic so, is should yeah. he be an All-Star? Nope. But you know when you go two for four in a game and you lower your average, you're going pretty good in the majors. Yeah, he's doing well. Two for four. It's a 500 average for the day. I'm not a math major, but I can figure <laughs> that one out at least. But guess what? He's still got that 436 tape, and he's raking it. And I love what I see out of Yasel Puig and L.A. Guess what? I know you're a arrive late, leave early crowd. I hope I'm not offending anyone in L.A., but guess what? think you might want to stay for this kid because this kid's going to be really special with the in Los it, Angeles. And it shows you what can happen. I mean, I think he homered in three of his first four uh, games in June, and and it really, I think there was a story that said something like the legend of Yasiel, and this is four days into his career. Four so, days in. So the fact that the pressure has been on, I mean, in Los Angeles, really, it does come all at once. The the jersey sales. What I mean is he number ninety nine or something, right? He's yeah, just, he's nine. Just, boom, sixty six. Okay, okay. And and you just know that everybody's walking around the town. So the pressure actually has been on him for a good three and a half weeks, and he's still he, the going. The pressure's been on, and, and guess what? L A. loves him. He's marketable. Yes, charismatic. Guy, he's charismatic. He's mm-hmm. a great guy in the clubhouse. Everyone knows. I you know I was in a. What was it? Oh, I was in Dick's Sporting Goods the other day, and mm-hmm. I wanted to pick up a little Tiger shirt. Mm-hmm. So I went in, I picked up a Verlander Nose t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Great shirt. I love it. I got it. Alex told me to buy it. But here's another thing. Here's what they're selling in L.A. They're selling Yasel Sabe. And in Spanish, that means Yasel Nose in Spanish. And guess oh. what? It's the top-selling shirt over in L.A. Wow. So they're not only are they doing it right with his career, but his marketing they know this guy's a star. And oh, yeah, Tiger fans, I know you're not really into the National League, and if you are, God bless you. But guess what? He didn't even see AAA ball ever. He went from AA to the majors. The guy's a straight star. And we're witnessing a star, and there's nothing more humbling as a baseball fan to watch the maturation of an absolute star. Please. And the, and the last thing that I'm going to add before we move on from, from, from Yasel Puig, Puig is, is that the Dodgers have won 8 out of 10. And at 38 and 43, they're still only, under 500. Yeah, still under 500, but they won eight out of 10. They're four games out of first place. So yeah. this man might be taking them to the playoffs. And, and then he could carry them all the way to the playoffs. And, and, and we're talking, if you look back into the history books, 1981, I think it was strike short in season. A man named Fernando Valenzuela comes out of nowhere. He's the only man ever to win the Rookie of the Year and the Cy Young. So it's happened before. It's happened. So uh, we're I'm, watching something I, special. I, just it, like it is special. I even I'll admit that. I've, hey, I, Dodger I, fans, you have Yasel Puig. He's special. Just like we think our listeners are special here at Impact F, uh, 89 FM Radio. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three is our number to our special listeners. Just like Yasel, we think you're special listeners. But Dan. Here's what strikes me. Okay, so we mentioned about before about trading managers or whatever. Yes. John Farrell now goes from Toronto to Boston. And guess what? They're 16 games over. They're 50 and 34. And they're in first place under that action-packed AL East. Yep. The best division in baseball yep. by 
far. And they're scoring runs. Their run differentials plus 80 this season. They have the best Amazing. they have the best mark in the American League. Baltimore's playing great, two and a half games behind them, but Boston seems to just be caring about their business. David Ortiz seems to be having a solid season and John Farrell's is is looking to be a manager of the year right now and they traded for him. That's the new thing. You want a good coach, you got to trade You want a good manager? Him. Go and and go and acquire your man. And that's what shocks me. And you know what? They knew it. And you know what? They're smart. Mm-hmm. But Toronto's, you know, I'm sorry. Forget Toronto for a second. Boston's smart. We want to be competitive. Okay, I love Bobby Valentine, but he wasn't your guy. Yeah. You want to be competitive in this division, you need someone that can get control of the clubhouse and win games. Yep. Boston's got 50 wins. Baltimore's got 47 wins. Tampa's got 43 wins. Yankees got 42. Toronto is in the last place, and they're 500. So this division's competitive. So if you want to compete, you not only do you need players, but you need a manager that really can play ball and play with you guys. And they knew Farrell. He was the pitching coach from to, uh, 2007. Yeah, so, so they knew him. They wanted him. They wanted their guy, and they got him. So they have a comfort zone. Really, I mean, that's what anytime you know they, in baseball is the most superstitious sport. If if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So they found something that's going right. And and you know and you, you brought the Blue Jays. I'm looking. They're run different. They're 41 and 41. You talk about you know 162 baseball games in a season. You're you're basically at the halfway mark because they played 82 of them. Okay, they're they're zero run differential. They're a 500 team. The question is, can Toronto figure it out? Because I, I mean, I really hope so. I really hope Toronto can figure it out because I'm looking at their st- – okay, I'm looking at what they got in their MLB regular season rankings. Okay, they're 10th in the majors in runs mm-hmm. with 373. They're 16th in bad average with that 250 tape. Their on-base percentage is only 18th, and, and they should mid- be way higher with what they acquired yep. with that 313 clip. And you know what? Slugging, they're six. So, you know, they slug home runs. So, you know, they're going to have a high in that Rogers mm-hmm. Center. They're going to slug. They're six with a 419 clipper. So, you know what? They're good. I think they'll be okay. But when your competition is all 500 or better, and you're facing that over 20 times, 30 times a year, you got to compete. And you look at Boston, what they're doing. They're first in run score. They're second in batting average. They're first in on base. And they're second in slugging. I mean, this team is doing everything right. Talk about clicking on on all cylinders. It is Boston, baby. Boston. They're looking good. They're looking good. And and, and I'm comparing them to other divisions. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the Central, which it, it's it's a it's kind of a mess. I mean, Cleveland has turned it on. Cleveland's won seven out of ten, four in a row. You know, I I really believe that Detroit's going to reestablish themselves as as, it really as just last. So. Year. I mean, you remember last year they were battling the White Sox, and then they we you know the, the season got to to September. There was a couple battles there, and and then and and Detroit took it home in the home stretch. I'd expect that to happen. This I mean, season. I totally agree with you. So, I think they're going to outclass Cleveland. Yeah, no disrespect to Cleveland. I respect what you do over there in the AL Central. Terry Francona, Nick Swisherlicious, of course. You got a good team, but guess what? Detroit's the team to beat. Let yeah. us know what you think. Yep, yep. And so, just to finish off, we were let's, we got about ten minutes left in the show. So thank you, thank you to everybody out there listening. Let's now now let's just uh, go back because it's funny. I want to put something in perspective really quick. Talking about records now. Just here's the comparison to two teams. Okay. Record forty two and thirty nine. One team's lost five straight. The other's forty two and thirty nine, and has. Lost three straight, but here's the difference. Both of these 42 and 39 teams, one is the Arizona Diamondbacks in first place. Who are beating the, the Mets, by the way, 2 nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and the other is the New York Yankees who have just fallen. They're six and a half games three behind. 3 nothing. And, and so are they losing or winning right now? No, they're losing. Three. They're losing. And, and so the, th- and, and I, and I, the and Mets don't win. <laughs> and so the, the question is, isn't it? Isn't it is it fair? Is, is my? I mean, we're talking different divisions. Different mm-hmm. Thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the Diamondbacks are 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 they look like the team to beat in the West, and and so it's it's just it's one of those deals. I mean, 
you got a team that's that's leading division, and are the Yankees out of it? Like, what's going to happen to the Yankees here? I think Yankees are never out of it, and I know that the hard way of being as a Met fan from New York City, from North Jersey, I know that the Yankees are never out of it. The Yankees are never out of it because they're going to get A-Rod back. I know Texas out for the season. They're going to get these guys back, mm-hmm. you know, Grandy. They're going to get these guys back, and, they, you know, they're always going to make it competitive. So I never cut the Yankees out, even though they're 42 and 39. What do you think about their pitching? I mean, it, I think it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's bad. I mean, when you got Andy Pettit, it's, it's... I mean, he's ageless, but he's trying to go for that elusive 300th win. Yeah. But he's not—I don't think it's good. I think Hiroki Kuroda— I just don't think it's. I think I just don't think it's legit at all. I mean, I think the Yankees really need to revisit themselves. If they're you know they're forty two and thirty nine, that's not going to cut it. You're not in the you're not in the NLS when you're bet when you have the you're dealing with the Padres. But let's be real, the Giants are having an off year, and the Giants cook up, which they should. They I should. predict they're going to win that division, not Arizona. But I'm looking at okay. The Yankees rotation. I mean, it's not good. Sabathia has been up and down. He really has. It really, and it seems like last year when Sabathia gave up runs, he would buckle down. But this year, when Sabathia gives up runs, it's like the floodgates open, and it's just not okay. And it's just the floodgates open, and it just when it rains, it pours. That's the saying. It rains, it pours, and in, in the Bronx, so they got Sabathia, Corota, Pettit, Phil Hughes, you know, Ian, you know, Nova. I just. I'm not sold on it. Of course, they have the greatest closer in MLB history in Mariano, but you got to get there to get to Mariano. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at, I mean, Sabathia. He's he's making 23 million. Year. Listen to these. Listen to his last few starts. I mean, because he he went seven minutes, seven seven eight six nine, but his earned runs have been four earned runs, five two six four one and seven. It's been bad. That doesn't sound like Sabathia at all. But look at. But here's the thing. Any team, look how many innings pitched. He's pitched in those games yeah. with giving up those Amazing. amount of runs. If this was Detroit, he'd be out. If there's any other team, he'd be out. I mean, tell me one team that you give up, okay, seven runs, earned runs, mm-hmm. and you're pitching seven innings. Mm-hmm. Tell me a team when you give up five earned runs and you're pitching five. I mean, that's okay. But six, you know, six innings pitched for six earned runs, you got to have no faith in your bullpen to be doing that or giving them a break. You know, I think they are all over the place. Yeah, this so is, the Yankees will get yeah. it together, hopefully. Yep. It, it, and, and, and it's funny because the savior might there because you're always looking for a spark. I mean, you, you said there's going to be spark, though. And, and the question, and the story, is A Rod going to come back? I mean, really, is this even a guy they want in the clubhouse? You know, I'll be honest. I, I'm going to be. I'm giving my ass taking Alex Rodriguez or A Roid, as we say here in New York. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing: I think Rodriguez is imperative to their success this season. They need Rodriguez to be Alex Rodriguez if they want any chance of making the postseason. Say what you want to say with all his connections to this bio, this biochem, whatever right. they got going on. You know, everyone's innocent before proven guilty. Sure. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna walk down that fine line. But I'm gonna look at Alex Rodriguez, the baseball player, not the character in the clubhouse. With that bat in his hands and that bubble gum in his mouth. He can hit it a long way, it's and true. they need him. No Jeter, no A-Rod, no Tex, and no Grand right now. I know. They need him. Now, the question I have, see, you said innocent to, to prove guilty. I mean, here's a guy who did admit to taking steroids, but, right? And so the, the question I have now is, is, is being that he's being more uh, uncovered what his, what his whereabouts and what he does in Miami health clinics. Mm-hmm. The question is, does that A-Rod exist? Because I don't think it can legally exist. So is there an A-Rod to come back to? 
Um, before I get to that further point, sure, when sure. I, you know, just to reestablish and clarify myself of innocent before proven guilty, uh-huh. I meant with his current accusation oh, with sure, sure, with sure. the Miami Clinic. Obviously, he admitted to what he did with um, Ten- Texas, with with Texas yeah. and whatnot. So I'm not going to walk down. We're going to need another hour here, yeah. and Alex and Max won't give us another hour. <laughs> so, but we really need to look at with Alex Rodriguez yeah. is he can come back to that guy, and they need him to come back to that guy because he needs to be Alex for the Yankees to win games. I know Cashman went out and said, Alex, shut the blank up. And you know what? I thought that was uncalled for. And that just shows you what really is the disarray of the Yankees. Where are the Yankees are everywhere. You know, you don't want a general manager coming out. Here's a guy that joins Twitter, whatever. And I know there's a lot of guys in their contract saying they can't tweet. But I thought that was pretty cowardy of Brian Cashman to come out and say that into the public. Where the New York media is very furious. It's a furious media you know, when you're not hitting games, when you're not hitting in New York, yep. you got 40, 50 reporters around you. What's going on? You got an iPhone in your face. You got a recorder in your face. What's going well, on? That Yankees gets annoying after a while. They're trying. To, I mean, I'm looking at it. It's just funny. Vernon Wells is on the roster for $21 million this year. I mean, it is. Angels it is, are covering that, though. Oh, are they? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, we're running out of time, and there's a question. I want to get you going here at the end here because we're going to talk really quick. Uh, MLB All-Star Game's coming up in a couple weeks. My favorite. I'm pretty sure Tigers fans, you know hands down, with, with, with Jim Leland being the manager, and, and it's going to be Max Scherzer starting. He's 12-0. and 0. He's been a wonderful, wonderful pitcher. I was knocking Detroit's pitching a lot. But Scherzer has been getting Scherzer it done. Scherzer is great. Now, I want you to tell me a little bit about a man named Matt Harvey for the Mets because uh, you you're so, you say you're a Mets oh, fan. I think he's going to be the starter. So I'm tell a me Mets what you fan. Like. I what think Matt like? Harvey is having a great year. But I'm going to go out and challenge Tigers fans. Tigers fans, who's better this year so far, and who would you rather have on your team, Mr. Max Scherzer? Or my Mr. Matt Harvey. Scherzer, of course, 12-0. Matt Harvey, 7-0 at the leading, NL leading 2-0 ERA. And leading the NL in strikeouts, 122. Who would you rather have? Feel free to call in this last four minutes. 517-432-3893 is the number. But let me tell you a little bit about Matt Harvey right now. Tell me about him. This is a guy that I watched mature. Mets drafted him. Fresh out of UNC, Chapel Hill. Of course, Tar Heel Nation, drafted by um, our former general manager, Omar Minaya. First round, 21th overall guy. Okay. Around. Um, and here's a guy that's got a great fastball. This guy throws 100 miles per hour. Wow. He's got a slider about 90 miles per hour, 89. He's got a devastating curve, and his changes are ridiculous. So I look at a guy that's got a repertoire that is mean, that can push people around from plate to plate. And just paint it on the black. I don't think I've ever seen it. He's 24 years old, so he's figuring he's it young out. He's a young kid. It's great. It's he's really, a young kid, yep. and this is his, his first full year for, first full year in the league, and it's really outstanding. We're talking about maturation process all hour. What about the maturation of Matt Harvey? He's absolutely stellar. Fire in a bottle. Fire in a bottle. Now, I think he's great. No, no, I, I will admit Can't to it here at enough. the end of that that that. Uh, teams that are under 500 are something that's kind of I'm used to. I'm I'm an Illinois guy and I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. It's it's something I just live with in my life. I don't even argue with myself anymore. But what does it make you feel when the Mets go out and and have two less? I mean, we're looking at a 33 and 45 team here. What what do you what is this a disgrace? What what's your take on the Mets this year? Well, the Mets payroll is 71 million dollars. So when you pay 71 million dollars of your payroll. In New York City, when your payroll should be very high, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a disgrace. I'm a season ticket holder, and I think it's an absolute disgrace. What we pay, what we have for tickets is just simply not fair to give us the product. But, of course, we're talking all fair a little bit. But we always talk all fair. Sure. But we're talking all fair about Bernie Madoff, what happened there. It's a real shame. But, of course, 
you know, the owners were involved with Bernie Madoff. That's a whole other story, of course. I can talk hours about that, how disappointed mm-hmm. I am. You but, could. You know, they get messed up. Yeah. Financially, they get disappointed with the whole mess. And, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame with Matt Harvey, you know, how he doesn't have a team around him. This guy throws 13 strikeouts, two earned, and loses the game. Right. Well, we'll see Typical what They're 13 games out. I'm pretty sure the Mets are buried this year. I mean, the Braves are six and a half up, which is amazing because I thought the Nationals would be, would be better. So, you know, we had a lot to look forward to in the second half of the baseball season. Got a lot to look forward to in that second half. You know, it was a pleasure being here, of course, you know. Pleasure being here. It was great. You know, I, and I'd just baseball. like to just express my thanks to Max King and Alex Sharp of course, for, for letting of us sit in here. I mean, it's just really been a pleasure. And Max and Randy behind the glass, of course. Big thank, big thank, and of course, Alex, of course. Can't forget about this kid, of course. Listen, to Alex. When the summer series is over, you can listen to Alex on 89 FM Impact Spartan Sports Wrap from seven to eight. Every Monday, listen to my friend Alex. He's a great guy. 88.9 on your FM dial. That's right. Impact Sports. You can bother us down the road. You can bother Alex. Every Monday from 7-8-517-432-3893 is our number. Well, special thanks to Randy and Max behind the glass. Dan, closing thoughts here? I'm just in a thankful mood. I'd like to thank uh, thank Alex for putting us together on this. I, I look forward to any more opportunities that are coming. and It's 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 a, fu- it's a fun thing to do. And, and and all the listeners out there, you know, uh, we appreciate you calling in and, and taking the time to listen. Of course. Special yeah. thanks to uh, Brett and Luke, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, everybody, I want you to have a good week out there. And, have a good week. Radio Land. Enjoy and, your fourth, everyone. And, of course, right. be safe out there. Be safe. It's a blast. So, have cup again. Again, a special thanks to everyone. We'll see you next time. And Happy 237th America. For more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.